with attendant destroyers, of course. Air operations will be commanded by Rear Admiral Hara. Is that clear so far? What of the American forces in the area, sir? What of them? If there are any, and they interfere, why then they will be taken care of by Admiral Takagi's squadron. He will bring in his ships south from the Carolines and come in here from the east. What forces the enemy have available will be crashed like a knit between Admiral Goto's force and Admiral Hara's carriers. That will leave us even fewer ships to deal with when, next month, we begin an even more ambitious attack. But for the present, that will be enough. My orders are to neutralize American forces in this area. I intend to go further. With your help, gentlemen, we will annihilate them. This incursion into the Coral Sea will be long remembered as yet another stepping stone in our inevitable march to ultimate victory. Gentlemen, long life to His Majesty, the Emperor. Long life to His Majesty. The arrogance of those high-ranking Japanese officers was excusable. Since the attack on Pearl Harbor on December the 7th of the preceding year, success had followed success. During the five months that had followed, Japan had overrun American, British and Dutch possessions in Southeast Asia. By the end of March 1942, they had occupied what they called the Southern Resources Area, the Dutch East Indies and Malaya, pushing out the boundaries of the new Japanese Empire to form a vast perimeter of power that showed on the map as a line that circled from the Kuriles through Wake Island, the Marshall and Bismarck Archipelagos, Timor, Java, Sumatra, Malaya and Burma. Now surely was the time for her to consolidate, a time to exploit the immeasurable wealth of this territory, wealth that included the vital oil of the Dutch oil fields. Having consolidated, the next move could then be considered. But the apparent ease with which all these areas had been conquered had brought arrogance, an overwhelming confidence in themselves, and what was worse, contempt for their opponents. The Japanese High Command fell victim to what one of their carrier commanders, Rear Admiral Hara, was to call the Victory Disease. They decided upon a new project. This was to widen the perimeter to include the Western Aleutians, Midway Island, Samoa, Fiji, New Caledonia. The first stage of which would be to capture Tulagi and Port Moresby, a simple enough operation. They would launch a campaign in the area of the Coral Sea and hoped that the United States Navy could be lured into battle and disposed of. At this time, because of the debacle of Pearl Harbor, America's naval surface strength lay almost entirely in cruisers and aircraft carriers. Whilst in the latter alone, Japan had a superiority of nearly three to one. She possessed seven large and four light carriers against the four in the US Pacific Fleet. Sure, it may have seemed unequal on paper, but that's not everything. Oh, by the way, I better introduce myself. My name's... No, on second thoughts, I won't tell you my name. Instead, let me be an anonymous representative of those American guys, both Army and Navy, who fought and died in the Pacific during those months of May and June 1942. Let me represent those guys who made it home again 
and those hundreds of guys who didn't. Well, sir, even as those Japanese top brass were making plans that would rub us off the map, we were making plans too. What they didn't know was that we had already broken their naval ciphers. Now, this meant that we could read their operational signals and know their plans in advance. This was something that really was going to pay off. In spades. Our commander-in-chief, Admiral Chester W. Nimitz, was already making plans to meet this new Japanese threat. It's essential that we assemble as powerful a force as we can to meet this threat. And we have two weeks before May the 3rd. Now then, let me see. Uh, uh, take this down, will you? Rear Admiral Frank Fletcher and Task Force 17 is already in the South. Good. We'll bring...